0: Your sales calls aren't working out, are they? You're getting to the end, and more and more of them, you're not getting the sale, and it's frustrating. I get it. It is frustrating because you feel like you've put so much work in, and then uh, where's the payday? There isn't any. But is it possible that you're actually looking at it wrong? Is it possible that the modern buyer has changed, and we should reconsider what our sales call actually looks like and maybe it isn't to get a sale is that even possible well guess what dean and i we're going to talk about that today here on the growth engineers and if you are a marketer hey hey welcome welcome whether you're brand new or you've been at this for a while welcome because we are here to share with you some real tactics give you some solid advice things that you can take away and change and implement today in your business so that your sales calls will be better. So Dean, is it true? Because I'm hearing this rumor. I've been hearing this rumor that it's okay if sales calls don't end In a sale. And I don't know. You see all the gray in my beard. I come from the time where, look, sales call, you better sell. (laughs) Show me the money. Yeah. Right?
1: Yep. Yep. Has things changed? You know, it's so funny. Because I think in some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. Ah. Right? So the yes, has it changed? Absolutely 100%. Because our buyers have changed what they need from a sales call. Wow. Right? Now, the no is ultimately, if you don't generate revenue, you don't really have a business. So, yeah, we've got to get to some revenue at some point. But that's not the number one goal of that call. Right? If you're in a one call close, high pressure, buy my stuff before the tickle goes to zero, maybe you can tune out today. All right? Go take a day off. Go grab Starbucks or Whatever. But if the 99.9% of us are on this call, we're marketing and we're selling to other businesses. We've got B2B, professional services is what we do. And the answer is a resounding yes, it has changed. It's changed. There's no question. No question. In prior episodes, check them out, buyer's journey episode. We talked about video marketing episodes and all this kind of stuff. All Mm -hmm. this stuff leads to this question. In a prior episode, you asked me or you said, Earlier in your business, all you needed was more leads so you could close more deals, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, is that really what you needed? Do you really need that? Is that what you need? And the answer was maybe, maybe not. But the point of today's episode is thinking about the sales conversation, right? The relationship, I'm going to say the sales relationship we build with our prospects. Yeah. And you don't usually hear sales relationships connected like that, right? We think about, oh, we wanna build relationships with our prospects, but we do that in the marketing and video messaging and all of that. But selling is to get them to make a decision. Right, and then shut up. Once they say yes, we shut up, in the running. relationship. Get the signature, get the heck out, hand it off to delivery, right? That doesn't work as well anymore, right? The bigger picture here is my hope is for today's episode is to help our listeners change the perspective or change their visceral reaction when they hear the word sales. Because unless you're a professional seller, everybody else goes, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I do. I've experienced this used car sales push. What is it going to take to get you into this car today? And I don't want to do that to my prospects. So my goal is to let's change the whole perspective on sales.
0: That's fantastic. So- I'm very much on the marketing side of the world. And in the marketing side of the world, we are rapidly and aggressively teaching everyone that what you need to do is teach. What you need to do is give of yourself. Stop hoarding information and share information. Your customers want that they need. They must have that information in order to do work with you. So has that, started to permeate into sales
1: yeah i love that question i love it because so for so long marketing and sales were siloed marketing did their black box magic created a lead and said sales go take that and close make some revenue well that doesn't align with how a buyer wants to experience your brand and your business right So we have to integrate the two. And that's a big part of what I preach to clients is integrate your growth strategy, your vision for the organization with your sales and marketing. If you align all of those three, you'll have massive success. So yes, absolutely. When was the last time somebody went through this step-by-step process from awareness and wanting to take your information, ask questions of the sales guy, blah, 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 and then buy? No, it's a spider web of interactions, right? If somebody has gone far enough down their journey to say yes, I want to have a conversation with someone, they know it's a sales call. They know that. Yeah. I mean, the sales guy has the conversation. It's like shoot, I right now I need to follow up and send that information, some information. I need to send a video. I need to do something. That's where they need marketing's help to nurture that lead. So I said integrated yeah. process. It absolutely is. And if again, if we have to be. We think about being empathetic in our marketing, right? We want to speak the language of our buyer, speak to their problem, and all of those things. We need to be empathetic in our sales conversations too. Mm. Okay. Right? We want to sit, we want to, instead of me selling across the desk, I want to get up and walk myself around and sit next to you shoulder to shoulder and collaborate through this sales process. Right?
0: Okay. So let me ask you this then. So are you saying that this experience that I had was bad? I was in Chicago O'Hare Airport. Okay. And I was there for a layover. And I'm walking through the airport and my wife and I had just been talking about ways of saving money. Constant conversation. How do you reduce your expenses? Totally. Right? Yeah. I forget all the specifics of it, but bottom line, it was... As I'm walking through Vera's United, because we're flying United and I've got United Air Miles and I'm a United Plusman, blah, 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 right? United Home Energy, right? Save on, blah, 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 right? And so, I go and I talk to the guy. He calls me over and I start talking to him. We are having a casual conversation, getting to know me, but what have you. And then he's like, okay, so where do you live? And then so I told him, he said, okay, so you're in Maryland. Good, we, we can help you in Maryland. I said, okay, great. What is this all about? What, what are you actually doing here? And as it turned out, it was one of those things of, hey, switch your energy provider today, right now, right here, <laughs> right? right? And I'm like, okay, I am on a layover and it's 7.30 in the morning. And so I was just, I just got off of a red eye. I'm not about to take this deal right here when I don't even understand totally everything you're talking about because I'm not fully awake yet, right? And so the moment he heard that, he literally said, okay, and walked away. End of sale, went on to the next person. So you're saying that's no longer a good thing?
1: (laughs) Well, if your job is just to piss off everybody you come in contact with, keep doing that. Do it. That's good. Let's look at that then. So in this new
0: model of sales, right? How should he change? What should be different for him? What should be different in his training? It's not his fault. His training is better.
1: Totally. He should have recognized that he had somebody that was not aware that there was a service. So he created awareness. He created some level of interest and probably an opportunity to close a deal down the road, but probably didn't have a mechanism to engage with you, stay in contact with you and continue the conversation at a better time. Yeah. He was going for one call close, quota, boom, 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 moving on down the road. And in a high volume environment like an airport, maybe that's okay. But think about this. For every conversation he has, how many deals does he close in the airport? Probably 2%, maybe on a good day. What if he could quadruple that close rate by nurturing those conversations for a few more days or a few more weeks? He could go from 1% to 15%. He would be a rock star.
0: Yes, he would. Let's look at a different experience that I had and tell me. Now nah, with this one, so I uh, emceed an event a while ago, and you know, when you MC, they put you up in a fancy hotel and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So great, so I'm um, in this one Marriott in San Diego, nice Marriott downtown on the water in San Diego and everything, we didn't pay for anything. My wife and I are checking out, and there's a lady with the, uh, hey, for $199 you can get another week at another one of our properties Now we know it's a sales presentation coming at the end of it but i also know i got to be back in the city in six months and i'm going to need a hotel so yeah, okay it's worth it for me to sit through an hour and a half to get this deal right okay so i take the 199 Six months later, we're at the property. We come in. We sit down to listen to the presentation, which we've already decided we're not going to do before we got there. Right. Right. But we decided to listen to the presentation. We listened to it all. And then we considered it. And my wife's like, he ain't say anything that spoke to me. And, you know, if you ain't talked to the wife, it's, oh done. it's done. I'll <laughs> give you out for $2. You ain't getting it. Right. And so we told him that. And he said, okay, no problem. And then they ushered in another lady who comes in and says, I am the gift giver. And she takes us to a different room. And she says, okay, for being here today, we have this gift for you. Right? And then, are you traveling to any other cities anytime soon? Oh, yeah, you know, I'll be in Vegas in a couple of months. Oh, we have a wonderful property in Vegas. I can get you five nights there for... Right, And I'm like, well, that's cheaper than getting a hotel in Vegas. And you say, like, you'll have to sit through another hour and a half. And I'm like, it's still cheaper. <laughs> Fine, I'll take it. Yeah. Right? Compare those two. Yeah. In terms of nurturing.
1: Yeah. So one is experiential. And one is transactional. The guy grabbing you in the airport, transactional, clearly. The hotel property, it's experiential. They know. If they can get Atiba and his wife to come to four properties over a period of 12 months, the likelihood of them buying something goes up by 26%. Yeah. Whatever the date is, they know that. So they want to create yeah. an experience and extend the relationship to get you to the point to increase the odds of you buying. Now, let's say you get through that whole cycle and you still don't buy. It. You just shared a Marriott story to all of our listeners. There's extending exactly. value to that experience. And where are you gonna go when you're in San Diego next? Probably back to that property, cause you liked it. They treated you well yeah. and you got a good deal. Yeah. That's the secondary benefit of this collaborative experiential sales process and not a outcome sales driven, get them close today sales process.
0: So then Dean, I've got to ask you this question for all of those who are listening to us right now. How do you turn that corner? because for so many of us it sales has been transactional right how do you turn the corner and make it experiential and then how do you because as we've talked about before with you know conversions and revenue you got to measure it at some point how do you measure the success of it in that experiential model
1: that's a that's a great question and i will say that i'm not naive enough to know the selling isn't about closing at some point. But how you measure that close has changed, right? I still think that in a sales role, we have to help a prospect make a decision that's good for them and mm-hmm. good for us. Sometimes mm-hmm. the good for them and for us is a no, but you yes. build a friend. You build a relationship. Yep. So exactly. How to make that shift. So let me let me take a quick step back. I'll tell a story. I'm sure you've heard of the concept of consultative selling. Yes. How long do you think that concept, that approach, has been around? Just a guess.
0: Hundred years. Close. Or call something different.
1: Close. Seventy-five years. We've used this concept of consultative selling. Of course, it's evolved over time, and so we're trying to use a seventy-five-year-old technique that's even evolved to a buyer that's changed in the last twelve months what they need from mm. their selling experience. And so I'm not saying don't be a consultant. Don't be an expert in your business. Share and educate, obviously. But the consultative selling approach fundamentally is you share enough information. It's almost like the challenger approach, right? Share a little bit of wisdom. Show them a new way to solve a problem. And it's manipulative because we're trying to drive to a particular close. The collaborative approach is, again, it's not going to selling across the desk. It's coming around the desk and sitting shoulder to shoulder and going through the experience with the buyer. Shoulder to shoulder, anticipating the next thing they need and sharing it, educating, moving along, being their advocate, right? That's the, there's a fundamental difference there. And one of the reasons people don't do this, Ativa, is a function of time. Mm. We're not dedicating the time to the relationship building, the collaborative process. We always want to get to a yes or a no. The old sales trainers out there say, the faster you get to a no, the better, Mm -hmm. Onto the yeses, mathematically makes some sense. But the no's are often not no. They're just not right now. Not
0: right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
1: So dedicating that time and knowing that it may extend, in some cases, the sales cycle. In some cases, it will shorten it. But it may extend the sales cycle. But what you've done is you've not left these dead bodies in your wake, which is what a lot of salespeople do. Or when we think sales conversation, we've been one of those victims. We don't want that.
0: Yeah. You don't have yeah. to do it that way. And you build advocates, which is the, where you were going with the Marriott point earlier. It's like, you know, I am slowly becoming an advocate for Marriott because you're right. We went to another hotel after and we didn't have as nice of an experience. And I was sitting there thinking, huh. Right? Yeah. And so because they came on on that side of the table with me and they shared, right? And they said, hey, let's go through this thing together and let's look at this and let us be on your side.
1: Totally. It reminds me of a client I'm working with they're in the software business. They sell into a a large and enterprise. So a complex, long sales cycle, all this stuff. and They couldn't figure out how, they couldn't increase their close rate. They kept talking to the prospects and the people that use the tool and they couldn't get enough people to say yes. And they didn't know why. So we did some analysis and what we realized was they were selling to influencers, not decision makers. Mm. They were selling to managers and directors and VPs and C-level were decision makers. But they were trying to drive a yes by someone that had no power to say yes. say right, yeah, yeah. And so we yeah. shifted the model. We went to a more collaborative model and we said, okay, Atiba, you're a director, you're gonna be a user of our software. You're gonna influence the boss you've got to build a business case because you're our sales guy now. We're never going right. to get to your boss. And so we, we collaborated with that level of buyer. We actually we helped the client create this business model tool so they could create all the information that our prospect, our PO point of contact needed in one simple sheet. They literally could go up, give it to the boss, and the boss would say, yay or nay. We were closing deals with a one sheet of critical information because we collaborated with that point of contact. So yeah. we could just keep pushing that rock up a hill and trying to get these people to say yes. And there sometimes there's enough ego that they're not willing to share that they're not the decision maker. And we would never get to that true person. So that yeah. collaborative teaming approach changed everything.
0: So let me ask you, Dean, and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot with this. And you know we do this in every episode. Yep. Okay. I need to get to that collaborative approach in selling. How do I get there? What's the first step? What can I do today?
1: The number one thing you can do today is write down all the questions your prospects ask most often through each stage of the buyer's journey. What do they need to know at each stage? They don't need to know how your widget works at the beginning. They just need to know that you know enough about the problem that you could maybe help them solve it. Mm-hmm. So write those questions down for each stage of the buyer's journey. That's step one. Step two is the next time you talk to a prospect and you going kind to of get, evaluate where they're at, share the information with them before they have to ask the question. They don't know what they don't know. Atiba, what I find is that when I talk to people on the first call like this, usually they have these kinds of things they need to know. And just share them with them. Yeah. Be an advocate of them educate them, team up with them. Don't let them figure out how to buy your stuff from you. That's your job. That's where you start.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So you've got it. You heard it. That's where you start. And what we want you to do, start there. And when you start having results with that, come back to this episode. Leave a comment for us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear how you're doing. We want to hear that this is working for you. All right. See you next time on the next episode. Bye, everybody.